News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, Live Aid led to the patronising Save Africa industry, and we certainly don't need a musical about it. So wrote Moki Makura, Executive Director of Africa No Filter. Uh, Moki, what prompted you to write this piece? Yeah, well, first of all, I don't like musicals, so um, that was probably one of the reasons. But <laughs> actually, I really wanted to just share my perspective of what Live Aid meant to me. So it was a very personal piece. And what I've realized after, you know, the piece appeared is actually it meant the same to quite a lot of other people, particularly, you know, Africans. So I wanted to share that different perspective. Tell us about your perspective. You were you were born in Lagos, you were educated in the UK, you watched um, Live Aid as a, as a young woman. What did it mean to you? I look, I remember watching it from my bedroom. It was like a phenomenal day. All these stars were singing. It was the first time we'd seen something like this. I think it was something like 1.5 billion people in 150 countries watched it. It was phenomenal. But there was a moment where I suddenly thought, my God, I'm from Africa. And here we were all, all singing, you know, let's save Africa. And everyone was coming in all these images about sort of broken people. And I suddenly realized there's a huge disconnect between the Africa I grew up in, the Africa I knew, and what Live Aid was showing the world. And that's when I realized that there is this image of Africa as a broken continent, that we lack the agency to create the change, that we're dependent, that became sort of tied in with this whole Live Aid Save Africa. And what really struck me was that after Live Aid, there was this feeling that, you know what, no matter who I am in, in the UK, I can give a pound or, you know, 50 pence and I can save an African. That was me. That was me they were talking about. So I, I feel for me, I really wanted to share that Live Aid was phenomenal. I don't want to take that away because it feels like I'm saying you know, it didn't do anything. It did. But it left a legacy because I feel that there's a whole industry that started as a result trying to save Africa because it had been so entrenched in how the world viewed Africa. It perpetuated a, a sort of a, a white man saviour complex? Yeah, that's what you called it. But I think it was, it's, it's just the global north rich countries, you know, saving poor countries and also taking their choice and their agency away. You know, like we believe this is the problem. So this is what we're going to fund to save it. And we're not going to ask you what you think. You know, it's like coming to your house and saying, look, I think you need a new roof. Whereas actually you're thinking, I don't know how I'm going to pay the school fees for my kids to go to school or eat. That's what I need money for. But I break down your roof and I give you a new roof, even though that's not what you want. That, that, that's the dynamic that I think Live Aid sort of, you know, started in a way. Uh, I remember interviewing um, uh, Deepo F- uh, Faloyan, who, who who wrote the brilliant book, Africa is, is Not a Country. And... Um, Interesting, he used the same word as, as you used uh, in, in your piece, nuance and the lack of yeah. nuance when it comes to talking about Africa. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is, it's nuance and lack of context. Because, you know, for example, you know, to going back to Live Aid, the context was the famine was in a region and it affected mainly one country, a little bit of Eritrea, but mainly Ethiopia. I lived and came from Lagos, Nigeria, totally opposite side of, but that context was lacking. The context there was that it was affecting a region. That's the one thing. The nuance is that even within Ethiopia, the Ethiopians I've spoken to that were living in a different part of Ethiopia, but they didn't even know 
that there was a famine or, or that the world was like, you know, that this terrible thing had happened. And that's the nuance that's missing, that when we talk about the continent and we highlight the issues, that we make out as if it's happening everywhere. It was the same during Ebola. I was in Lagos when um, Ebola happened and Nigeria was one of the th three or four countries that got affected. And I remember going back to South Africa where I lived at the time and people were like, oh my God, even in South Africa that you know, when I, I came to England, it was like, oh, you've come from South Africa, you must have Ebola. I was like, no, I don't. You know, it, it's the nuance and the context that's missing that it is a massive continent. There are multiple countries, there are 54 different countries and we all have different things going on. So it's, it's partly about the need to sort of I guess, educate people, but we also know that facts and figures don't really make a difference. They don't change the way you feel about something. It's actually the stories you, you, you hear. And that's why as an organization, we try and work with storytellers to change the narrative that's, you know, still persistent today about the continent. And given the importance of, of storytelling, uh, and you, you highlight how important that is, a musical about Live Aid not a good idea then? <laughs> well, look, from where I sit, I, I don't think it's a fantastic idea, but I don't know the treatment they're going to give it. I don't know how they're going to do it. And I think that's where my curiosity lies. What is the message that they're going to give out with that musical? Because I feel that Live Aid's message, it has affected a whole generation, my generation, and people my age today are in positions of power in global institutions. They're making decisions that affect the continent. And what I don't want, or I would rather not have, is a whole new generation. These are the millennials and the Gen Zs who are now exposed to the live aid sort of legacy again, who come away thinking, oh yeah, well, you know what, let's, you know, they, it, it, it shapes the way they think about Africa. And the one thing I have noticed now, our music, Afrobeats, our movies, our fashion, our art, our food. It, it's, it's, it's actually helping people experience Africa in a different way. A whole new generation. They dance to Afrobeats, right? It's not that, you know, they're not remembering poverty. They're remembering we've got great music, amazing creatives. And I, I want to keep that. We've worked hard to get here. And I just worry that uh, a musical, with all the best intentions, may just sort of derail some of that. OK, we'll leave it there. Moki Makura, Executive Director of Africa No Filter. Thank you for talking to News Talk Breakfast. Let us know what you think, folks. Would you go and see Live Aid, the musical? I can't think of anything worse myself. Uh, 087-1400-106. Now it's just coming up to 7.42. Let's take a look at some of the stories hitting the headlines online and in print this morning. In the Irish Independent this morning, there is a warning that fake versions of the weight loss and diabetes jab Ozempic are circulating. The European Medicines Agency said it notified the medicine watchdog in each country that pre-filled pens falsely labelled as Ozempic have been identified at wholesalers in the EU and the UK. All of the British papers reporting that the Tories have lost two of its safest parliamentary seats in by-elections overnight. It's a significant and ominous setback for Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, who must call a general election that will decide his fate within the next 15 months. And finally, in the journal today, swimming restrictions hit over half of all Irish bathing waters this summer. Much of the increase in restrictions this year was due to risks from heavy rain. However, raw sewage is also an ongoing major cause of swimming bans. Dublin Bay, Donegal and the West Coast are particularly affected by sewage discharges.
Now, still to come on News Talk Breakfast with Kira and Shane, we hear from locals in Middleton and other parts of Cork affected by the damage wreaked by Storm Babette. We'll also hear your views on whether or not you can give up your phone or device for 24 hours. I say I can't. Kira Kelly says she won't. Up next, dating apps. Are they distorting young people's views of relationships?